So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name's Ben Hartley. Thank you so much for being here. I had to change up the inflection a little bit, you guys. Look, thank you so much for caring about your business, for taking this time to listen in. Uh, I really do appreciate it. The, the, the purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your business. That's what we're about, is helping creative entrepreneurs like yourself grow, expand, push you to encourage you to change, uh, to look at some possibilities of what else could be. You guys, before we jump into today's interview, I wanna give a shout out. Like, look, uh, we've been blowing up YouTube. We've been doing some really cool things, producing a ton of weekly content over on YouTube. And there's been an, an, a ton of new subscribers, uh, some great comments coming through. And so I just want to thank you. If you've gotten a chance to go over to our YouTube channel, to subscribe, to ring that bell, to leave a comment, like I see you. I want you to know I see you and I appreciate it so much. If you haven't, go check it out. You guys, look, today's episode, we have Jen Long. She is founder of Wandersnap. This is a service uh, that she's designed to connect families and businesses with local creatives to capture everyday photographs, everyday videos. And this is a cool thing, just like everyday moments. What this looks like is like you're on vacation, you're gonna be in Thailand, you're gonna be in Disney, and you would love to have amazing photographs of that time. You can literally, with Wandersnap, hire a photographer to come and to join you and to photograph those moments and to deliver you professional photographs. No longer is a professional photographer just for a wedding, just for you know the newborn pictures. I love what she's doing. She's over in over 40 countries uh, and has dedicated her career to adding social value to Asian communities through her business endeavors. You guys, let's talk to Jen Long. Jen Long, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast, or should I say Khaleesi? Uh, if any, <laughs> we, we may need to catch the listeners up a little bit to our pre-conversation that we had here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing so well. Like we should probably explain why I just called you Khaleesi. For starters, Game of Thrones reference, right? So we need to we need to address that. Mother of Dragons. What? <laughs> uh, connect the dots for everybody. I feel like now the next sixty minutes just has so much more to live up to. <laughs> <laughs> we started on a high note or, or a low note. Look, there's some people who are like, what is going on? <laughs> um, so long, my last name um, means dragon. 
um, in Chinese. And strangely, I was also born in the year of dragon. So like through and through, dragon was just in my blood from day one, I suppose. That is awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. I love it. So where where are we calling from? I'm calling from Hong Kong at the moment. Nice. That's fantastic. So is Hong Kong home for you? I was born here. Uh, grew up in uh, Vancouver, Canada. I spent the last six years in Shanghai. And now I, I spend most of my time on a plane. Um, plane is home. Um, and I'm just, oh, no. but, but I love it. I'm one of those people whom I, I stand a little straighter. I get an adrenaline running through, even if I just set foot in an airport. I love cabin time. I know it doesn't sound right, but I do. Um, so uh, we spend a lot of time on the road. That's fantastic. Let me ask you, we're just going to look, we're going to talk all about photography. We're going to talk all about what you've built here, um, how you're helping photographers, how you're helping um, people, clients, like everyday people. I love it. But I want to go down this road for a little bit longer. So how do you use your your plane time? And obviously, I'm sure it depends if you know long flights, short flights. Mm -hmm. But like, do you use it to catch up on like the latest movies? And that's your quote unquote downtime. And as soon as you're off the plane, it's business. Or um, is it your time to think, brainstorm, read? What do you find yourself doing? Yeah, I think in today's world, honestly, it's such a luxury to genuinely be off completely off the grid without expectation, without, you know, distractions. It's just completely you in your seat and maybe you have somebody next to you but besides that it's, <laughs> it's you and just your seat and you know of course as planes get more wi-fi and, and connectivity it's still your choice to embrace being off the grid and um, for me i don't really have a set routine it really just depends on where i'm flying to what i'm present to but being able to one of the best um, sort of luxuries for me anyway, it's being able to fly over something, observing a landscape that you didn't expect, um, and then enjoying a book undistracted, you know, without notifications, without obligations. Um, and just last night when I was flying back from Chiang Mai to Hong Kong, serendipitously, the lunar eclipse was happening just outside of my window. Um, my camera was uh, sadly over uh, up above on the cabin, uh, the 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 cabin compartment but you know just being able to look out and you have your kindle in hand and, and the lunar eclipse is just happening those are so the blissful moments that i really enjoy um when you go for air travel i love it that's awesome i love the simplicity mm-hmm. um really cool well thanks for sharing that so so then let's kind of jump into this where are you flying to all the time? Why, why, why are you, uh, why are you traveling so much? Yeah. So I, you know, to be frank, I, I grew up in a, in a household where sort of being on the go was always part of it. I saw it in my, in my dad and, um, and I never thought too much about it. And, um, when I got into working and the start of the career, any opportunity possible, always wanted to just get up, go out and see, um, and now when we're building this company, Wandersnap, from day one, actually, um, we did it regionally, whereby we didn't start uh, in one city and then get the model right and then replicate. Uh, instead, we just, uh, you know, we started about a year ago. Now we're in 58 cities. Um, and it's really awesome to not only have a nomadic team based um, all parts of the world, but when you land somewhere, you have friends that you can call on. Um, through the network of the company, uh, which are photographers and videographers. And that's uh, a really cool thing. 
That's awesome. So tell us more about your relationship to photography. Um, yeah. What, what's your history with photography? Yeah. So I never started, I wasn't one of those um, who started technically per se, going to school, learning from a certain professor, um, none of that. I My background was pretty much on the other end. Uh, I did finance, uh, was very business um, throughout my career. But I always had a natural inkling, I think, for anything creative. Even growing up, I was fascinated with arts, um, even if I hadn't spent as much time in it. Um, and so photography, when I think that it just goes hand in hand with travel. The more you're on the road, the more you see naturally you want to collect um, uh, almost um, polish, if that's the right word, and then amplify and share. Um, not to get more likes and followers that I think now our generation is, so, generation is so present to, but just you have this innate want to share with others of what you've seen um, and what you've discovered. And, and, and my love for photography definitely stemmed um, from just serendipitously being on the road so much. Yeah. So you have, I mean, it sounds like then you've got a great love for like travel photography specifically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, I've been a little all over the place for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm a very curious soul. <laughs> so, um, you know, when the drone came out, I was like, I have to be the first one to get it from, from the store, <laughs> just the first one to experiment with it. Um, I'm, I'm very much um, it's still experimenting and, and loving drone photography. Um, but my core is travel, portraits especially, um, the candidates, unexpected uh, street photos that you get, especially in this part of the world where there's so much going on. You walk down a street and the people, the cars, the stalls, the fruit stands, uh, there's no shortage of subject. Um, so that's definitely sort of my go-to category. Yeah, absolutely. So, how would you describe it? You know, Wondersnap. What and maybe too? There's probably a couple different definitions for it because I'd love to hear, you know, what it is to maybe the consumer, but I'd also love to hear how you would describe Wondersnap for the working photographer. Mm -hmm. So, most succinctly, at least, how we um, describe Wondersnap: it's a creative community helping uh, individuals and businesses create original content for life. Um, and so there's three parts to it. The first and the most important part, of course, is the community of creatives. Um, whether you are a photographer, videographer, amateur, professional, whether you shoot a uh, wedding to food to real estate um, to newborn photography, it's really a community that uh, ultimately brings in all that. Um, just today, we, we had a sign up from someone in Bhutan um, for guests who will have a shoot this weekend. Uh, most of us haven't even been to Bhutan. I mean, it's one of the most remote. Yes, I know. I'm like, where is that? I don't even know. Yeah, it's one of the only countries in, in the world measured by um, G, uh, the, the happiness uh, index, not uh, domestic product index. And even somewhere so remote um, next to Nepal, there's someone creative who felt like he was deemed worthy of his craft and that he should be remunerated for creating something. How awesome is that? Um, 
And then the, the sort of the two, two other pillars, uh, one would be the individuals and families. So uh, our business actually started by serving families and moms as they traveled around. And they always wanted to capture their family's happy moments um, anytime possible, right? Kids grow up so fast. Um, and uh, in this part of the world, uh, in Hong Kong, actually, uh, the average family travels 12.8 times a year which is just a mind-boggling <laughs> statistic, to say the least. People are genuinely just constantly on the road and always exploring. Um, and so uh, whether their needs are uh, anniversaries, birthdays, newborn, um, all the way to proposal, engagement, wedding, um, our community is for hire, and they shoot uh, very much affordably, uh, creatively, and then also uh, trusting that these are vetted uh, creatives to do the work. Um, and then lastly, the businesses as well. Um, this was more something that we learned throughout time where, frankly, there's just no business that can sell um, with ugly photos or videos at this point. Um, content is just so integral to um, how a business even tells their story. And so being able to help the small and medium-sized companies um, to curate original content affordably um, was something that we began to do as well. Nice. So then let's break it down purely logistically. Like what does this look for or, or look like in terms of the business model? So you're, um, from what I heard, or from what I'm understanding is you partner with um uh, I'm going to say local photographers, local photographers to whatever city that you're, you're in. You said you're in 27 cities. 58 is that now. <laughs> 58. Okay. There you go. Sorry. I missed the number 58 cities. Um, so you partner with local creatives, not just photographers, but local creatives, um, and who, uh, essentially open themselves up to take on assignments. Is that like the basic gist? Sure. So um, anybody can sign up um, as long as you're a creative. Um, we have our own criteria on vetting, on which are the ones who would succeed and which are the ones who uh, are trustworthy for, again, our client base of families and businesses. Um, the choice is completely in the creative's hand by that you know, from day one, we didn't want to dictate um, pricing, availability, deliverables. I think each of us has such unique ways of defining our value. Um, and so as a creative creates a profile, um, whether well, how, how much you charge, what you deliver, the calendar for when you want to work, all that is in the control um, of the creative's hands. And our job really is once a profile is up, um, it's to give it mileage, give it viewership, and ultimately get it uh, to bookings. I love that. And here's why I like that. So, uh, okay, let's, I'll, I'm going to just go right for it. When I first saw Wondersnap, mm. I had all types of, uh, maybe it was leery uh, apprehension. I'm not sure what the right mm. word is because I've seen others kind of systems mm. out there that kind of work as this, um, uh, well, we'll say like middleman and uh, where, it, you know, they have, they help, um, connect, mm. Um, small businesses or help connect families or individuals who are looking for a photographer, right? But I've always seen it be something where they kind of control the mm. narrative a little bit more in terms of pricing mm. and availability. And it never seems to be the best situation for mm. the photographer. Um, and what I what I was really surprised by, honestly mm. surprised by, uh, and I enjoyed is that the photographer actually gets to define 
um, you know, their price point. They get to choose mm. the value of their work and their time. And I think that is, that's really empowering to creatives. And it's something that I think really separates you has probably led to, to the success that you have is, you know, if, if you're a photographer out there who's just trying to build your portfolio and you want to travel, then you can make yourself more available. But if you also want to, uh, you know, this isn't the primary thing and you like to pick mm-hmm. up some extra work and see how this goes and see how you guys can mm-hmm. promote them and get them out there, then it's just another mm-hmm. great tool to do that. Um, what led to your decision to to let the creatives define value uh, available? I think there are two parts to it. One was I never, I never believed that art is art is standardized. It's just fundamentally subjective. What looks good to you may not to me, and vice versa. And so, if that's just a fundamental truth, then how you value and price art should therefore also be subjective. Um, and then you're right. There are other platforms and there are other configurations that standardize. And I get it completely from a business perspective. Uh, there are advantages to doing that, you know, but if we're building genuinely a community that actually sets the creatives up for success and, and we've quickly learned, it's not even just about the autonomy to set price and um, scheduling. For example, um, being remitted and paid as a creative timely um, and simply is just a huge problem to the entire industry. Um, you know, I don't, I don't believe that that's exclusive to Asia or anywhere else. It's we all want ultimately more bookings, get paid on time, um, and then get out there and do what we love, which is shooting. And so it's beyond now more than just the autonomy of setting the profile, but let's actually work on some of these other components um, to really set the creative up uh, ultimately for more work. Yeah. That's really awesome. I love what you've been doing, Jen. And I think the thing that gets me really excited is, Jen, I get the chance to talk to so many photographers who, you know, they're wedding mm-hmm. photographers, they're portrait photographers, but there's this great group of photographers. And, and actually quite often they are doing weddings mm-hmm. and they are doing weddings and portraits, but they mm-hmm. just want to travel a little bit more and a mm-hmm. kind of maybe adventure. And they want to make great use of that time while they're mm-hmm. out adventuring more or less. Right. And I love the ability that, that Wondersnap gives photographers to, um, to, to shoot and to serve people and to serve businesses actually out while traveling. I feel like otherwise you're kind of just like mm. posting something up on social media. Hey, I'm going to be, you know, uh, I'm going to be in mm. Japan from this time to this time. Mm. Who's around? Can I do any projects? Is Correct. there anyone I can photograph? Um, and I love kind of the door that this opens, but also I got really excited because look, actually as a consumer, like I am a professional photographer. I've got mm. like, I don't know how many cameras I have, but, but like if I'm on vacation, how cool would it be for me to just like hop on Wondersnap and, and find a photographer, mm. a local photographer who maybe even knows mm. the area, who's got ideas, who I could just kind of come and, and, and photograph my family and I for a couple hours. You know what I mean? Like I get really excited. <laughs> I'm excited. You're excited. Um, I, I really do. No, I do. I do. So incredible. Because I think what happens is all the time, like I, because I'm the photographer, I'm rarely in the images Mm. or I'm rarely present. And I think it's actually more to do with the presence. Like I don't mind that I'm, I'm behind the camera often, but I do mind sometimes that I don't get to really celebrate in those, those memories with Mm. my family in in that direct way. Um, it's a, it's not necessarily bad. It's just a different way. I mean, they Mm. now relate to me as the photographer, but sometimes Mm. I just want to be dad, you know, and, and really in there and a part of it. And uh, I just love the idea of, of actually just being able to work with someone local and have them be 
be our photographer for an hour or two, um, even in, in yeah, the quote unquote mundane. You know, again, going back to when we first started it, um, there was a sort of even like a romanticized vision of what humanity should be like, which is putting two strangers together from completely different cultural backgrounds, uh, contexts, and they co-create. And I think there's nothing more human than putting aside differences and different livelihoods and different viewpoints and, and coming together to create something as subjective and malleable as art. Um, and then that process is co-creation in that um, it's rarely about the photographer saying, oh, we should go to these places. These are the shots we should go for. These are the poses you should do. It's rarely about that. It usually starts with the guest aside. Um, illustrating that they have some sort of concept and then the local creative will take that and feedback back on saying, well, I think these venues would really bring your vision to life. And then when they actually meet in person, a lot of it is spontaneity. It's, it's going with the flow and then making most of the environment to actually curate, you know, content that I hope these families and businesses are proud of for a really, really long time. And when these galleries come in, that's that's when we know we do what we do because of that. And we see really talented locals in the middle of Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, that you've never even heard of creating just incredible art with someone coming all the way from US and UK and China, Japan. Um, that's 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 something that's probably a bit more romanticized, but we really enjoy seeing them. Yeah, but I love it though. I mean, hey, it's okay to have a little romanticism in the world. We can all hope and move towards that balance. Podcast listeners, I apologize for interrupting the interview, but I just I have to give a shout out to two big supporters of the industry, two big supporters of the SFP podcast. And so I'm going to be brief here. The first is the Giphy booth. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, it is essentially a photo booth, but it is a modern, fresh, uh, new take on a photo booth. It makes animated GIFs and photographs. Now, here's the deal. I'm a working wedding photographer. I am not a photo booth owner. And I want you guys to understand this. This is perfect. If you are a photographer first, out shooting events, uh, portraiture, that type of thing, this booth is amazing because it requires so little work. Like I've I've had other photo booths. I still own another photo booth, but the Giphy booth is the thing that I love because I just get to set it up in under five minutes. It it's like a it's the size of like a laptop bag essentially. Um, it automates everything once you're done with an event. Uh, it's such an easy upsell. And one of the great things about it is because it takes so little overhead to actually run uh, an event that I essentially get to pass that savings on to my client. And so I can I can charge less for it, do more events and remain so much more stress-free. It also has like built-in marketing tools. You guys just need to check it out. It is called the Giphy Booth. Go check it out at giphy.com, G-I-F, yyy.com three y's g-i-f-y-y-y.com by the way use the coupon code sfp2017 for some dope discounts maybe just mention my name dude you know ben hartley sfp2017 uh is the code uh to go check this thing out i own one and i promise you i'm buying another this year as well next up on my thank you list is freedom edits you guys look the end of the day you can't grow your business if you are doing everything it's just a it's a 
fact that we all have to face. And to have somebody who's doing the bulk editing, by the way, when I say bulk editing, like I get to still, you get to still choose to edit the photographs that you want to edit, the beautiful portfolio shots, the stunning bridal portraits, whatever it is that you get excited about, please keep editing that. But all of the bulk stuff that slowly kills your soul, please go check out Freedom Edits and have them take care of it because they're going to give you consistent results with personal touch. This is the thing. It's the personal touch, like the intentional decisions that that uh, Freedom Edits, by the way, in-house editors, not like outsourced, in-house editors make, I freaking love because they're actually making intentional creative decisions and not just doing these like robotic choices where you get images back and you're like, why did they expose for that? They Like, like any normal creative would have understood that there was an off-camera flash and and done this right. Freedom Edits will do it right, you guys. I freaking love them. Go check out Freedom Edits. By the way, uh, it's freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. That's where you need to go. Freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. They're going to give you the first full wedding free, you guys. Again, just mention my name, Ben Hartley. They're going to give you the first full wedding free. Like, Do you want to save a couple days this week? Then go do this right now. Freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. Hartley. All right, let's get back to the show. Let's go a, a different route a little bit, Jen, because I'm sure that there's also the other side of things that you probably get a fair amount of pushback from in certain photography communities. And I'd love to kind of dive down this route because I don't want to be um, so jaded to, you know, I, I guess I'm in the street industry. I know how this goes because I bet a lot of photographers also get defensive and maybe defensive is the right word. Maybe it's the wrong word. Um, but especially in regards to um, industries like weddings, right? Where, where maybe it feels like, well, is this cutting into quote unquote, cutting into, you know, the wedding market and is it bringing down price or is it, um, I, I mean, look, I'm just trying to come up with uh questions or comments that mm. I, I could mm. imagine being expressed from the community. And maybe there are questions and objections mm. because they don't fully understand it, or maybe it's it's worth kind of bringing up and discussing. And so what have you kind of encountered, you know, as you've looked into going into more um, uh, professional uh, uh, markets like weddings? You know, have you seen any pushback or any resilience where people have said like, well, is this harming the industry? Is this cutting into, you know, what the local professionals yeah, are doing? Absolutely. What have you so, seen? Um I think the first and, and the always the most heated on any forum, on any of our community groups um, that's private to our own creatives, it's always the first one, it's price, right? And I don't think we're the only culprit by way of um, there are other forces at play, whether that's automation, whether that's um, technology like AI, um, making it much more efficient, I suppose, for even time spent on editing, whether that's uh, stock image sites, uh, whether they're very cheap or free. There are all these forces at play. And ultimately, I think um, across the industry, it's just a downward adjustment on the value um, of creative arts. And rather than fighting against that, our thesis has been, hey, if this is something that can help you get more bookings in the meantime, and you would rather get more bookings at you know a rate that is more affordable for the mass consumers, we're your partner. Um, if you're already a business that has successfully defined your positioning to justify much more couture 
um, an artistic price point, then we're probably not the right partner for now. Um, so we're very clear from day one that, you know, we're not naive to um, these forces. And, and then, you know, as a creative, I, I'd be a little cautious too on sort of how far this can go. Um, but we do uh, see also opportunities in that. And what I mean is um, when you look at how ultimately um, really well-established photography teams um, typically shoot higher end, it's because of the time spent, I think, in their training, in their editing, in how they onboard their teams. It's just a lot of time invested in that craft. And part of us and what we want to do beyond the marketplace as well is to build technologies that can help these creatives save more time. So a really specific example is um, we recently built a new product called Live Photos. Um, it's only available to our own creatives for now, but essentially it's an app that tethers to um, a creative's camera. And as a creative takes a photo, all those images are instantly edited, uh, enhanced, watermarked, and then uploaded to a branded landing page that the guests can instantly view and download. Uh, it doesn't replace the stylistic, artistic edit that most teams would typically do, but it gives the guests a little something to get right away um, to satisfy, unfortunately, I think that social media age driven crave and needing to get content right away. So that's where we start to dance in, you know, beyond price, how can we actually help creatives establish even more value um, so they can price more or at least get more bookings? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think what you said, uh, to start is, is important. It's an important line to kind of draw and recognize, um, you know, what, what are the limitations? Who are you here for and who you're not? You know, you are, this is not the end all solution for everyone, you know, to do, but I love the fact that if, if you are getting started, this may be a great opportunity. Like if you need a portfolio to build, this may be a great chance to work with people, to build awareness, to, to see locations and kind mm -hmm. of travel and, and to build a portfolio. If you're short on bookings, if the alternative is you sitting on mm -hmm. your hands, then get out and shoot and do something. Um, and I, and I love that fact. And, and, or even for the established business mm -hmm. to, to fill in some of the calendar, mm -hmm. uh, with some other gigs, you know, like I think, um, I think there's value there. I really do. I do think there's value there. So I said to ask, you know, I, I, um, I had to throw, I had to throw one of those hard ones out there a little bit because it definitely entered my mind in terms of, I bet of that course. there's a lot of and opinions we, about this. And, and as creatives, <laughs> uh, you, you know, know so. that, that's probably even more, um, the, the opinions and the feedback are heightened. It's, it's not, um, I don't think, you know, anybody who has come and shared, I, I think the premise is we're all just passionate. We're so passionate about the craft um, and we want to make sure that that passion can stay. There will be continually work to feel that. Um, and ultimately, technology does not replace um, how talents get hired. And if that's the fundamental drive, I think that's something we can all relate to. It's just then each team will have different theses on how um, we can achieve that. Yeah. So you seem to be someone who's, you know, really at the forefront of you've got your ear to the ground in terms of uh, an understanding of not just where the photography industry is going, but more importantly, to be honest, where the market 
is going, mm. what the consumer's needs are, what the consumer's wants are, and, and a little bit of the supply and demand. So uh, let's let's do a little um, – uh, like I, you don't have a crystal ball, but where do you see things heading? You know, as you're kind of continuing to uh, to be paying close attention, um, and I understand that right now you're you're more in you know in an Asian market. Actually, on that note too, um, are you in any U.S. cities? Mm-hmm. So starting um, in February, actually, we're opening up global signups. Yes. Um, it was one of the reasons we were excited to speak to you as well. Oh, it's um, so cool. Yeah, so literally um, anyone from anywhere um, would be able to take advantage of our open map sign up um, and then just uh, create a profile. Um, We did start in Asia just genuinely because this is where, of course, we're based. Um, But there is a big mismatch in pricing, I believe, um, for the creatives here. Many of them just haven't had as much opportunities. um, And so the value in terms of what our current creatives over here are pricing is significantly lower. Um, which becomes, uh, of course, very attractive for the ultimate um, consumer group. But um, we will welcome definitely anybody to sign up. As I said, as long as you believe you should be paid for your talents, um, then we're excited to have you join. I love it. So, okay, very good. Thanks for answering that kind of second question that I asked at the end of my first question. <laughs> Sometimes I do that. I start asking a question, then I ask another one in the middle of it. Um, so I'd love to say, I'd love to hear some of your, maybe some of your insider thoughts on where you see the industry going, where you see the market heading. Yeah. So it really is this dance with technology. Um, I think if you think of it much at the macro level, it's been inherently a human job, a human Mm -hmm. talent, a human craft. And it's never had to question how it will coexist with technology. Actually, when all these camera brands started building DSLRs and then even the mobile phones came around, it was the technology helping and enhancing the human to create even better. But with AI, with um, all sorts of tokenized um, configurations, that's when it's not so clear anymore whether or not technology is complementary or in substitute or any other formats. Um, so I think that's something that the creative industry and, and folks like us would have to draw a line and, and, and stand behind. Uh, but the consumers don't care about that, right? Ultimately, it actually benefits whether it's an individual or a business. The reality is price of original content is going to continually go down their expectations will continue globally go up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something that we already hear, and it was the premise of why we built live photos, was that you know folks will come up and say, we love WanderStamp, we love the idea of it. Um, we wouldn't use it because we have an iPhone X and that's good enough for needing to get a, a portrait with aperture and bokeh effect in the background, but I can still edit and then post and save right away. Um, so that instantaneousness without wanting necessarily to pay more, um, the consumers are just going to get more and more, uh, not demanding, wishful, but they're entitled to because technology enables them. And so when you match both of these um, forces of what's driving the dynamics on the supply side and then also these expectations on the demand side, I think that's where, you know, different teams have a lot of work to do to actually bridge them together rather than apart. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think, uh, and I think we'll see this more and more, you know, I'm a wedding photographer, but to see the low 
the low end to the middle end mm-hmm. of the wedding photography industry really start to crumble a little bit more. And, mm-hmm. and it'll be automation for the most part that replaces it. Uh, even mm-hmm. seen through the entire guests, you know, being the collective photographer for those mm-hmm. type of two brackets, unless you find a way to elevate and to actually stand out as, as a relationship, as a person, as a service and deliver mm-hmm. a, a better value on a, on a, you know, we could say the high end experience I think will last not because the photography mm-hmm. is better, um, mm-hmm. but because there'll be more, um, empathy and you can't automate empathy. Uh, mm. so it'll be interesting to see kind of the, this fissure separate the, the two, uh, cause I don't think it's, it's certainly not dead. Um, but there's going to be a gap, uh, and some will fall. So anyhow, it's, it's really cool to hear your insight. Yeah. And how they can coexist as well. Right. Exactly. Um, I think Absolutely. some of the wedding teams that we serve, um, out here, um, you know, live photos is something that they use to almost help address that very uh, intermediate need that, mm-hmm. you know, the bride invested so much money that they shouldn't be posting an iPhone photo the next morning and say uh, that somebody took, uh, and say, Hey, best day of our lives. Um, they shouldn't, they should have something that's enhanced enough that gives the impression of quality, um, but it's instantly delivered um, through the assistance of our technology. Um, but then actually then elevating the premium of why they worked and paid for a team that is seasoned in um, shooting this specific category um, that is empathetic um, to the couple and the night and the family and all that. Um, and ultimately needs time to do the stylistic edits um, that they wanted to emulate. Um, it actually, we hope to help establish how much more value and therefore the premium that they paid, um, elevating that whole experience. So at least that's our stand. Um, but I think it's interesting times that we all are present <laughs> to. There's no doubt about that. Interesting. It's, it's really cool. So let me ask you this. Uh, I'm like, I want to have now a whole other conversation about this whole live photo thing. So then is this something that, uh, ha, I mean, is, is it still being developed or is it currently out? Yeah, it's already out. Um, currently our, uh, creatives, um, especially the ones who are shooting anything event related, yeah. um, they get to use the kit from us. Yeah. And so then how does that work with an SLR or something that's shooting raw? Yeah, so um, it literally is uh, an app that tethers um, to the camera and processes um, that visual output. Um, and at the point of the app, um, as long as it's connected to the cloud, it will then have the photo uh, edited, um, watermarked. We all know how much of a pain it is to actually even add, let's say, three watermarks to one photo at the same time. Um, and then uploads it to a branded uh, landing page. Yep. Nice. So then is it connected through Bluetooth, uh, Wi-Fi, or a physical connection? Physical connection. Um, again, being considerate of um, a lot of event fan- venues, yeah, are yeah, typically yeah, yeah. hotels, exhibition centers, quite weak on ho- um, connection, even outdoor venues, right? Um, and then just the hard physical uh, line, I think also gives assurance, not only to the creative, knowing that things are happening as it's intended, but just for even the guests in attendance, that visually looks more assuring than trusting to Wi-Fi (laughs) data. Sure. I love it. This is really cool. Um, Jen, uh, this has been fun talking about all this stuff. I I find it really exciting. I think that um, like 
always change is coming, change is happening, change is here and will mm-hmm. continue to be here every day. And so to uh, to be aware of, of how the industry is growing, developing, how the market's growing and developing, it's really exciting. Um, where can photographers learn more about Wondersnap? Uh, take a look at if it's uh, once it goes global, um, where look, even for the photographers who are like, I'm going to be heading someplace and I would love to potentially work with uh, a photographer to, to photograph our family while we're just like out and about doing the thing. Where can people find it? <laughs> yeah, they can uh, head over to Wandersnap. That's with an A. Um, anywhere on the social on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Um, and then our URL is wandersnap.co. Um, over there, you'd be able to sign up um, anywhere as we uh, as we said. Um, and then as well, you can also browse the listings. Um, what's really cool is that. Um, in any of the cities that you look at, whether it's from Jakarta to Bali to Kuala Lumpur and Tokyo, um, we did a concerted effort actually to first recruit the Instagram influencers of that city. Um, and so you're actually browsing through some of the top creatives um, by way of Instagram, if that's even the right way of measuring, um, just as you look around the world. That's awesome. That's awesome. Jen, thank you so much for being here, for spending time talking with us. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you for having me again. Podcast listeners. Thank you again for tuning in, for listening. I think what Jen is up to with Wandersnap is really exciting. I think there's some cool opportunities as creatives, as a family man, as a father of three, I'm excited to take, to take advantage of this as a consumer. Like I really am excited. Please don't forget to head on over to YouTube to take in more content. We've got a weekly vlog going on. We have a heart to heart where we take your questions as a photography community and give you our perspective on this. We have a number of video series there and I would love to see you there. We'll get a link down below in the show to show, show totes. I like that. I'm going to keep that little air in here in the show notes. You guys, we will see you on the next episode or over on YouTube of the SFP podcast. Bye everyone.